0: Now, here is your host.
1: What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today's Best Served Podcast, 385. We're going to be talking connecting culinary and cannabis with Kip and Chris from the one and only Stoned Appetite. This is episode three of eight as part of Denver Restaurant TikTok Week. All this week, we are talking to content creators across the Denver scene, trying to understand the landscape really of TikTok, but also short form video and just going beyond just what's on the plate. You know how important that is to me and to best served. We have to tell human stories. We have to go and show depth and range and people, product and process, all of it. People are hungry for that content. So the content creators we have with us all week are really speaking to that in a a multitude of ways, kind of their own voice within that scene, and obviously Kip and Chris and Stone Appetite has been doing it at a high level and really challenging and being at the vanguard of what it means to connect culinary and cannabis. So, I want to play a little clip of of one of their videos? You can get an idea how they're kind of trying to show off the scene that we're going to talk all about culinary and cannabis. Let's let's check out that clip.
0: If you're looking for an authentic deli in Denver, Colorado. Look no further, Carmine's Leonardo off Wadsworth Boulevard in Lakewood, Colorado. We made a little tailgate outside the parking lot and enjoyed our four feet of with friends.
1: Yes. All right, let's bring in Kip and Chris. I kip good to see you chris good to see you i I love this video because it's just you going and grabbing some some sandwiches but there's just that little touch of difference of like we had a tailgate with friends and a tailgate with friends shifts the narrative it disrupts the pattern of like here's sexy food sexy food sexy food and why is that so important to you like why is it that you're always trying to break bread with with the friends
0: Um, You know, I think food is one of those things that it bonds people. Everybody loves food. Um, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to jump in on this one. So like, you know, getting around a table is always comforting, you know, conversations are had drinks are flowing, things of that nature. But in places like the deli, you know, you got to zig and zag a little bit, you know, pivot uh, how the plan goes. So in that video, we happen, you know, as most folks in Colorado do have a little bit of camping gear in the back. So rather than just eating in the car or taking it our separate ways, we just pulled out the camping table and threw down all the seven feet of sandwiches or whatever it was that day. I,
1: I love it. There was just sandwiches piled all over <laughs> and then you're you can tell right? you're splitting up sandwiches so everyone gets to taste a little bit of everything, which i which I like and and Chris, you know, from having having that kind of culinary background stuff, well, one, I want to know how were the sandwiches because because I know how those sandwiches are. so I want to make sure that people understand how fucking good those sandwiches are. But like, what does it mean for you to be able to like, taste some of everything and be able to like share things with friends. What's that mean to you? Uh, I think the biggest part along the lines of what Kip said is like food
2: is all about community and that's what we try to do at stoned appetite. So anytime you can go out and experience a new place, it's, it's always going to be rewarding. Like no matter how good the food tastes, if you're there with friends, you're eating food, you're having a good time, you're trying something new. It's going to be fun. And by the way, the sandwiches are fucking delicious. Yeah, so, so nice. I mean, if you've got that deli itch and you need to scratch it, check out that place. You know, it's it's a little bit outside of town. So we try to bring focus into those places that mm. serve good food, but aren't always like easily ate, like to get to. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, let's go here today for lunch. No, maybe give it a few days, think about it and go to someplace a little outside the norm.
1: Yeah, you're not just chasing hype monsters for sure i think that's i think that's something i see from from you all and if there's there's something happening but not only if there's something happening you all are creating the happening this is something that i like a lot of content creators uh, can be passive right they're like waiting for the restaurant that like sparks their interest or call or calls them or dms them and they go and like check them out you all are creating event platforms and so i wanted to highlight something that i mean we just all love merlin over at street feud and you all did a dinner together that was just really putting culinary and cannabis on another level uh, it showcases one just what's possible from a culinary standpoint but also just kind of the camaraderie and i could see merlin was just like doing R&D and he was geeking out on like what he could do. And he was, you know, drying out cannabis leaves and stuff. It was just like really energizing to see that. So talk about that event a little bit as kind of a catalyst for what you all are trying to accomplish.
0: Um, I'll jump on this one real quick, Chris, and then pass it off to you. So we started the Stoned Appetite dinner series, which is where we pair Michelin star chefs or chefs that have... You know, great training. And then what we ask them to do is kind of treat marijuana like you would rosemary or thyme, because, you know, the plant is an herb in that capacity. And then what we also do is a lot of folks, assi- you know, assimilate red wine with red meat and things of that nature. Well, we kind of flipped that concept on the head and Merlin is the wizardly chef to do it best. Um, but what we've done is we've started pairing dinners with cannabis rather than with glasses of wine or beers or cocktails, things of that nature. And so the same strains that we use to, uh, are the chefs use to kind of prep the meats or cook with or, or, you know, create demi-glaze and things of that nature. Mm. We pair that dish with cannabis from those local vendors and those local dispensaries here in Colorado to showcase, you know, Cannabis can be, should be seen just as, you know, wine should be. It can be seen as a recreational environment. And then to kind of follow up on what Chris said, you know, like the community, it's all about the community. And so we've been lucky enough over the course of our four or five years that we've been doing this podcast to build a really nice community here in Denver of folks that if you go out of your way, like Chris said, to try, you know, exotic or different food profiles, things like those are the same people that will go out of their way to try a different strategy of cannabis or you know, go find a natural wine from a specific local you know shop. Things of that nature. And so what we've learned is that there's about 25,000 of us that are all rowing in unison. And so by doing these dinners for the community, it's been a, a blast. And in fact, this week we have one with uh, Chef Penelope Wong and Chef Nyat from Yuan Wonton and we'll be wow. raising money for AAPI um, fundraisers. So it's not just Chef Merlin, but he is definitely our catalyst and he is our, our our A lister. So we have him. We're throwing a big concert series at the end of this month with Chef Merlin and a bunch of other uh, nationally recognized chefs in our community. So it's pretty badass.
1: Love everything you're saying. So, C- Chris, for you, Kip mentioned it, right? That, that it can be looked at, cannabis can be looked at like any other culinary component, any other plant that's growing that has amazing properties, flavor and even like chemical balances that create nuance within food. It also is unique because obviously with the red wine, the craft beer pairing, a cocktail pairing, there's that level of a little bit of uh, inebriation that happens, a little bit of liquid courage, a little bit of like galvanizing the evening. Well, the cannabis can be on the culinary side, and then it kind of hits some of those notes like the beverage side does. So again, kind of from the culinary perspective, What's it like to be able to work with these chefs and play with such a versatile ingredient that is completely unknown to the culinary community at large?
2: Dude, I think it's a win for both parties. Like number yeah. one, we love cannabis and you know, whether or not like you consume a ton or you're just the casual, like, Hey, on the weekends, or maybe when I'm with the fellas, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's something for everybody. And working with these chefs who have been a member of our community since the beginning, when we were, sending out emails saying like, Hey, you want to join us on this show? It's about this. You want to talk about
1: weed and stuff? Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Many of the turndowns, many of the emails just uh, didn't get that. But yeah, like it gives them an opportunity to step out of their natural environment and do something that's fun. And like finding ways that they can bring out some of these properties and these terpenes from weed to infuse flavor wise into food is, I mean, isn't that fun? And so, as a chef, you love creating, and what better way to do it than this? And not only that, like you, the chef engages directly with the people who attend our events. So, you get you can have like nerd geek out conversations, or you can have like, oh, that's really funny, like stone conversation. <laughs> but no matter what, everybody's having a good time, and these chefs can showcase their skills, and that translates back to people being like, Oh, I haven't checked out his restaurant. Let's hit it up next week, you know, so. So it's really awesome what what all goes into these and how they are successful.
1: Yeah, I love that. The the, there's just an energy, a newness, right? We've we've made so many of the same dishes so well, so many times the same dinners with, you know, the the same crowd, all those things. It's just that little bit of something different that, again, I could see in, in Merlin's posts, it was just like, it was just new it just felt like the first time you discovered a new ingredient or a new culture or you traveled somewhere and you experienced it so really appreciated that i want to take one moment because i know the two of you for sure have have some thoughts on it maybe even you know your your ear to the streets uh public consumption from the cafe restaurant standpoint it's coming right what are your thoughts on it what are you hoping to see happen who's who's uh Whose political phones are you calling? Like, give us a little bit of insight into uh, public consumption as that's going to be reality sooner than later.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's already here. Um, You know, obviously here in Denver, we have a place called Jad's Smokehouse, J-A-D. They have more of the casual food cafe style, like fun cereal bars and like actual true stoner munchies like we were joking about earlier. So it hasn't gotten to the refined style of dining yet, but it's surely on the way, you know, Pizza Pusha up in New York is making strides in that scene. Action Bronson's very strong in that. But here in Denver, obviously the government's always been a measure twice, cut once, grow group. Uh, So we, you know, rather than quickly, uh, you know, unveiling, I guess, platform or policies, we've kind of taken it slowly. So I'm excited about the opportunity because as you see, we have a lot of chefs in our community uh, in Denver and across Colorado, in fact, you know, that have gone on Chopped 420 and things of that nature. So if you give those folks the green light to open a restaurant, I mean, it's going to be great for all parties involved.
1: Yes, I love it. For sure. I I think think there's a lot happening there. Please, Chris.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about it too. And I think like once the, there's going to be a tipping point and then it's really going to start to just kind of flow out there But at the same time. I think the biggest holdup is just, uh, your beverage, your yeah. beverage producers and stuff. Like, I mean, if you start opening up all these consumptions, you can't have alcohol there, you know, it's just right. like lost business. I think it's just tough, but once they figure out a legislative way to really make these accessible And enjoyable for people like i don't see why they wouldn't succeed yeah
1: it needs to happen for sure they need to find a way to play all play nice together because uh colorado needs to be at the forefront of this and you see places like you mentioned new york california already is out there doing a lot of stuff colorado was the first to legalize and needs to be the first to to create and push that boundary when it comes to again culinary cannabis so kip chris appreciate you both the work that you're doing love it can't wait to uh come check out some more of the events and stuff and uh as more restaurants start to adopt this idea i know there's going to be a lot more of the two of you so appreciate you both
0: thanks chef have a great afternoon cheers right. ya. Yeah. cheers
1: all right everybody that is it for this episode once again this was best served podcast 385 Kip and Chris love the energy, love how they're very much at the vanguard of pushing this idea, and they're creating content around it. And I think that's meaningful for us to understand that there are people and products that are unbeknownst to so many of us, and they're challenging the culinary community to think about cannabis as a culinary ingredient. And I love that ingenuity, that innovation. All right, appreciate you all. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to the best served podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.